the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Now, tonight, how many really desire spiritual gifts? How many desire spiritual gifts? Paul says in First um, Corinthians chapter 14, he says, Pursue love. You need love. Pursue love. Go after love. And desire spiritual gifts. And he's speaking to all Christians. Every Christian can have your desires met if you will desire spiritual gifts. Many Christians are just happy just to be in church, serve, and don't do anything near supernatural. And then do you have other Christians that feel? Maybe they have one gift and they believe, I got it. <laughs> the rest of them are way down there. And both really problematic. Um, having a spiritual gift doesn't make you better than any other Christian. Having a spiritual gift or all of these spiritual gifts doesn't make you a better Christian. If you use the gift rightly, you could be more effective in reaching people. But if you allow pride to go after the gift, the gift doesn't work. Because what happens is the gift is given, the gifts are given to us for you to be able to minister to people. But then when you inject, this is the problem, Satan will always want to inject pride Feel some, a feeling like you're special because you are able to operate in the gift or maybe more spiritual uh, than everybody else. And so you either separate yourself or I mean, in some cases the church will separate you as if you're something special. You're in real trouble. And you never do that. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you better. We have to understand, I said from last week, the worst type of pride is spiritual pride. And the problem with spiritual pride, you never know you have it. If you know you're struggling with spiritual pride, maybe you need to, the enemy is dealing with you. With condemnation. Because when Satan wants to destroy you, it's hard for you to tell. And it manifests itself in different forms. But, the way that you know is you are not able to reach people. If you have a gift from God and you are not making changes in people's lives, something is wrong. And you need to find out what's wrong. So it's not about the gift. It's not about speaking in tongues. All of that's good. But it's what's happening. How effective are you in changing or reaching people's lives to turn them towards God? That's the key. So we need to understand. But the Bible says, pursue love. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love. And that's the important thing. Pursue after love. That's number one. But don't let go of spiritual gifts. Because God will only give you what you desire. 
God cannot give you what you don't want. That's why we pray. God already knows you have the need, but he's not going to do anything about it until you express it to him that you really desire this thing from him. Then you can have. That's why the scripture says you don't have because you didn't ask. So we need to ask. But you cannot ask for something that you don't desire. I mean, not really ask from the heart. God, do this for me. So that's why the Bible says, yeah, pursue love, but don't let go of spiritual gifts. Many Christians, or number of Christians, don't even know what these gifts are. And they don't even think that this is part of their Christian work. But Paul is telling us, if you are a Christian, don't just forget this. He says in First um, Corinthians chapter 12, it says, concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. In other words, I do not want you to be ignorant. But whenever God says, I don't want you to be ignorant, we really get ignorant. The enemy doesn't want us to know. But remember what Jesus said. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So the church needs to teach these things, so we don't go back into the dark ages, and no one is reached. So we have to talk about these things, spiritual gifts. And uh, in my mind, the, pla- the place where it starts, the first thing is, get, make sure you are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's easy. To me, it's, no, it's, not, it's a known issue. Unless you don't want it or you have fear. When a Christian, you read in the scriptures, it's very clear. I can show you from the scriptures clearly that God expects all Christians, um, let me put it this way. God expects everyone to be saved. It's the will of God for all to be saved, right? God is not willing that uh, any should perish, right? Everybody saved? No. Only those who want to. I also believe that God wants every Christian to be able to pray in tongues. These signs follow those who believe, right? You can't cross that part of the scripture off because you are a believer. If you are a believer, this sign will follow you, right? If you truly believe the scripture, those signs will follow you. First, you will be able to cast out demons. You can. Even if you're saved today, you can. It's just our fear and lack of understanding that will make us to be afraid of a demon. They fear you. When they see you, you are a real threat to them. You just don't know it. Because God's giving you the power. They know you have the power, but they know you are also ignorant. So they don't fear you. Instead, they do the, you know, like I said here before, the demon moves something in your room, and you go, ooh, did you see that? He just moved. And you escape. And fear attracts the enemy. He knows he's got you cornered. He moved, the other, he moved something else. But if you're not scared, you say, oh, that's all you can do? Move, I'll help you move the whole room if you want. I can do that. He knows you got understanding. Amen? So it's understanding that frees you. So you lose your fear because God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. But he's given us the spirit. We've received the spirit of adoption. We call God Father. 
And if you are a child of God, God is your father, who's going to mess with you? No one can take him on. Jesus said, my father, the father who gave them to me, he's greater than all. He's the greatest. Greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. That includes Satan. And he is in you already. So there is no need to be afraid. Praying in tongues, that's easy. When I discovered that, it's, no, it's a known issue. The problem is, you're refusing to speak in tongues for whatever reason. If you, all you have to do, according to uh, Luke uh, 11, verse 13, all you need to do is ask. Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. After you've asked, thank him and begin to speak in tongues. If you ask me, what should I say? <laughs> Let's go back to the Bible. You, something is not right. Just begin to speak in tongues. Now let me tell you, everything you do, even with the, the gifts of the Spirit, you have to step out in faith. You can never be too sure. Everything is by faith. And the Bible says, anything that is outside of faith is sin. So, prophesying is faith. Read Romans chapter 12. It says you prophesy according to your faith. The gifts are by faith. You speak in tongues by faith. Believe me, it's all by faith. Because you don't know what word is going to come out. And that's the way God wants it. It's got to be by faith. You want God to use you, it's got to be by faith. You, you have to step out of the boat sometimes. And trust God that he won't fail in his word. It's so important. You have to do that. The first time is really difficult. For me, for the first time I had to pray with a deaf person. And they're telling me, this person is completely deaf. And the whole church is quiet. They're looking at you. And they're waiting for something to happen. That's a lot of pressure, right? But I no pressure. I can make a fly. <laughs> Heal a fly. If the pressure is not on me. I just represent him. Amen? And I think, how did Jesus do this stuff? He put his finger in, so I put my finger in as well. And you do by faith. Just expect it. And as I tell you, God will never disappoint you. Especially when you are stepping out for the first time. I found that to be true. Never. He's never done that. First time I started praying with people to receive the Holy Spirit, I was very worried. The whole church, they were waiting for me because I took the person in the room. They were waiting for this girl she, uh, f- uh, from Malaysia. That was the first person I ever prayed for because God had given me this understanding and I was looking at to perform my experiment with somebody. And I found the girl who was willing for this man who's never done this stuff to do this. And the whole church was waiting because I took her out to see what happened. And she understood everything, but she never spoke in tongues. She said, I felt electricity. I told her, if you go out and you tell them that you felt electricity, this is going to be a joke. They want to hear tongues. But the next day she was speaking in tongues. Because she said, don't worry about it. I understand it. And I, I know what to do. I'm going to ask God. She was so conscious about everybody around. But God never failed me. She called me probably around 12. We had an all-night prayer meeting. She called me around 12. When she came out, everybody wanted to know. (laughs) Did you receive the Holy Spirit, they said? She said, I felt electricity. Everybody laughed. 
And that was the joke. But the next day, God has fulfilled his word. God has fulfilled his word. God will not allow his word to fall to the ground. You have to step out and try to make sure God fulfills his word in your life. So that's very important. You can speak in tongues. Ask God for the, and then begin to speak in tongues. First Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verse 2, it says, He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For no man understands him. If you are a man, are you human, you won't understand what's going on. Not you, not anybody in the room, unless God gives interpretation. So it's got to be by faith. Some people are very concerned. They cannot, you know, the most powerful tool in your body, and I'm going to be saying this on Sunday, the most powerful tool in your body is your tongue. And God says, give me that by faith. Turn it over. Let something come out of your mouth that you have no control over. You're giving me control of your life. And some people are afraid. They don't want to do that. They say, ah, well, why should I be saying something that I don't understand? They want to have control. God says, okay, have your control. You're on your own. That's the way I see it. So very important. I want to go through all these gifts. And you can be using the gift. I mean, most of the time, I don't, my mind is not working on whether I need to prophesy or I need to pray for it. It's not working. But if somebody comes to me with a problem, that's when the gifts manifest themselves. Because sometimes... I remember this. Please, I'm sharing testimonies to encourage you. Just a man. I went into a, play, a room. To, I was praying for some people in the village. Pastor Paul in Nigeria will, know, will tell you this. And I walked in. And this girl, what's her name? Uh, can't recall her name. But I walked towards her. And I said to her, lady, because I called them the witches and uh, have possessed people in this church. I walked in, they were already manifesting as I walked by them. And I walked to this girl and I said to her, your hair lady, I've got to cut that hair off before I pray for you. And she screamed out, no! So I, I said, oh, wow. In those days I did it crude, in a very crude way. Beautiful hair. I felt bad. But I had to cut that hair off. I mean, and she followed me everywhere I was going. She was walking behind me. And I said, no, I'm not going to pray for you uh, until I cut your hair. You can talk to Pastor Paul. He still remembers. I won't do that these days. I'll pour oil in the hair and then, and then cast whatever is there. But those days, I was new to this. And I followed what I felt. I shaved that girl's hair and she was born. <laughs> and, uh, and after we did that, we prayed few just a few minutes the demon was gone and she said i've been so many places no one could help me and so i came to you and she kept following me and eventually she changed her mind because she knew i had no way of knowing the covenant she had made with the devil with her hair nobody told me so for that reason i was her only hope and she stayed with me i left her in the village went back to Sapele. Some of you have been in Sapele. And she came from the village and drove. I said, what are you doing here? She said, I want you to pray. Are you ready for your head to go? She said, yeah. I wish Pastor Paul and I, we shaved the ball <laughs> and, and, um, and cast out the devil. <laughs> it happens. Uh, some of us have met Charlotte, right? Pastor from Georgia. Yeah, she was praying with a girl in... Uh, Georgia, and she says she keeps talking about a covenant with her hair, 
Because of what should I, what should I do? I said, in my uh, early days, I've cut the hair off, all of it. But just anoint her hair with oil and pray for her. And that's what she did. It worked for her. I didn't know that. But you see, the Holy Spirit works when you need to help somebody. And once they know you've come up with a gift, it's something that they know you have no business knowing, they're ready to be free. That's the important thing. Completely delivered and freed. Leaving the church or my home, as the case, with a lot of joy, knowing that God arranged these things together. Can you understand that? It's not for me, but for them. God brought this together. He loves me and has freed me. And then they can go free. That's what the purpose is for the gifts of the Spirit. It's so important. That's why the Bible says, desire, every Christian, desire spiritual gifts. Because we need it. We get criticized for it. People misunderstand, but that's the part of that's what we are called to do. They will misunderstand, they say bad things about, but you can't stop doing what God's called you to do because people are of a different opinion. He showed it to you, you are responsible now. You have to be a good steward. Whether people agree with you or not, doesn't matter. You'll be faithful to what God has shown you, and God will work with you. Amen? So we're going to talk about these uh, gifts, and I'm going to tell you what I know. There's a lot of things I don't know. The little I know and the experience I have, I'm going to present that to you. But that's not all. You can't put God in a box. The way he works with one person is different from another person, but there are general things that are there for all of us, so you can look for them and let God use you. Amen? So we have three, nine gifts of the Spirit. Or nine manifestations of the Spirit. That's the way Paul puts it, manifested. In other words, the Spirit manifests itself and in the form of a gift through an individual and somebody is blessed. Paul said, do this for the edification of the church, the body. That's why we have the gifts. So we have three gifts and then we put them into three categories. The first one are called inspirational gifts or what we call vocal gifts. That's tongues. That's what we are most uh, familiar with in church. Tongues and interpretation or what we call different kinds of to- tongues. And then interpretation of tongues and prophecy. We call them vocal gifts because it involves speaking to people for edification. That's the last one I want to go into because this is the one that usually uh, we see in church. And we need to understand how to manage this gift in the church. Not like this, this Paul says, desire that you prophesy. Not like the prophes, uh, prophesying is bigger than healings and working of miracles. But in church service, this is more, more useful to edify people and to build them up. So Paul wants us to do that. So we have uh, vocal gifts or inspirational gifts, tongues or diverse kind of, kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And prophecy. And then number two, we call the power gifts. The power gifts include faith. And we'll talk about those, uh, about, about that. And then working of miracles. And the gifts, that's only the plural gifts. The gifts of healings. Plural. Gifts of healings. And then we have the revelation gifts. And that will include word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. And we'll talk about this. Now, let me let you know this. Somebody can walk up to you 
And you want to minister to them. And God will take you from one gift to the next to the other. Just because it's not for you. He's ministering to his child. He gives you word of knowledge. Give you discernment. At the same time. He gives all, all of that. He gives them word of wisdom. Every, all of the gifts are available. Because it's not about you. It's about who, the one that God wants to minister to. When you think it's about you, that's where pride comes in because I got these gifts. It, it, it doesn't work that way. It, it doesn't add or take, he won't take anything from your life. It's just you are more able to minister to people and be effective in helping people. Amen? So have word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. I want to start with the revelation gifts tonight. And there's the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is a word that is not just one word. It's just a word that you speak to people. But what it does is when it's given to you, it has the power of just stopping all arguments. And it helps people to get things very clearly. Okay, it's like, I see once it's given. Everything is clear. The argument stops. If there is an argument, it becomes very clear. People can fully understand. There's a greater understanding and attached to that because there is understanding and it's the word of God coming from the gift of the spirit. The hearer also will have faith delivered to them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It stops all arguments. That's it. It's over. That's the word of wisdom. That's the way it it works. Has nothing to do with natural wisdom. Most of the time, I'm sure some of you, uh, you may have operated in this gift without knowing God was using you in this gift of wisdom. Basically, you are talking and listening to yourself talk, and you're wondering, where did I get all this wisdom? Did that ever happen to anybody? Yeah. Usually it's when you are pressed. They are asking you questions and pressing you. And say, why don't you tell us this? And God just like, bang, you get the whole picture. And by the time you're through, the guy's like, okay. Argument over. Amen. That's the way it works. Um, you can see that in a... Uh, Acts chapter 15, with the brother of Jesus, James, uh, what was happening in, in 14, Paul and Barnabas were in a particular church, and there were some people that left from James, the church in Jerusalem, and Peter was there with James, the brother of Jesus. Uh, James, the brother of John, had been killed at this time, and Paul was out doing missionary work, and some Jews left and went to be with Paul and the others, and they were telling the Gentiles, you have to be circumcised if you want to be really saved. And the Gentiles were totally confused. But that's the way everybody believed in their time. The Jews believed that way. You can't be uncircumcised and still be a real Christian in their mind. And so they were telling them, and the Gentiles, I mean, these were grown men. Uh, circumcision wouldn't be fun for grown men. I mean, that was painful. And, 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 and Paul was arguing with them, no, but the Jews maintained their stance. Yes, they need to be 
they can't be true believers, complete believers, unless they are circumcised. So they went back to Jerusalem and the church was divided. They were just, some said no, others said no. They've got to be circumcised. That's the way it's being. That's the way it's going to be. If you're going to be a, one of us, you've got to be circumcised. Paul and Barnabas, they couldn't win that fight. And then finally, Peter stood and said, Now listen, God sent me to Cornelius' home. You remember? Everybody remember. Because Acts chapter 10, 11, all about this one story. They thought about it. Why did you go to a Gentile's home and you ate with Gentiles? And he says, well, I didn't do it. God was the one and he defended himself. So you can read Acts chapter 10. The whole chapter was about going to the Gentiles. And chapter 11, Peter defending himself because he went. He said, it was God that told me to. He had to defend himself. So it was clearing the mind. So now Peter stood and said, now you remember, God was the one that sent me first to them. And believe me, God gave them the Holy Spirit just like we received. In the same manner, I heard them speaking in tongues just like the rest of us. And God gave them the Holy Spirit still uncircumcised. So who are we to say, now we have to force them to do this? They kept quiet, but some of them were still fuming. (laughs) They didn't like that. They were not happy. They were silent. So, okay, now, um, Paul and Barnabas, you all tell us what happened. And you can read that and put that here. Verse 12, it says, Then all the multitude kept silent. They mean they agreed. They just kept quiet because Peter had spoken. He was the boss, the chief apostle there. And then they listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had walked through them among the Gentiles. Notice, they talked for a long time. But James knew, everybody knew, the matter wasn't settled yet. It wasn't over. After they had talked, he says in verse 13, and after they had become silent, James answered saying, James began to speak and he talked to them. He quoted back, went back to the Old Testament, brought some scriptures out and he spoke to them. Not only that, he gave them what they should do. He gave them solution. This is how we must handle this. This is everybody happy, matter closed. No more anger. Everything was settled. That was the word of wisdom from God. No scripture, just his wisdom given to them from scriptures. And they understood that. When you are pressured, God will give you words of wisdom. I remember a, a, a young woman from the uh, University of Georgia. She had received the Holy Spirit. And uh, she went. She came from a Baptist church. After she received, she said, "Good luck. Now you help me receive the Holy Spirit. I have more troubles now than I had before I got this, because everybody's coming against me for some reason." She was in a Baptist church with her mother, and they were in a Sunday school class, and they were discussing something, and uh, the argument was on and on and on. And the mother said to her, Lori, what do, you, what do you think? And she was telling me what happened. And she said, well, I don't know. And then she started talking. And her mother was like, where did you get this stuff? Lori said, I was talking and I was listening to myself and wondering where I got all this great wisdom. And her mother was doing, 
that's my daughter. <laughs> and that ended the argument. It's over. That's the word of wisdom. You hesitate and you start speaking and you listen to yourself. You are learning as you're speaking. That's the word of wisdom. It's a very powerful thing. Now, for me, my own life personally, this happens sometimes. But I do remember once I was dealing with uh, somebody from the Church of Christ. And uh, he was witnessing to the same people I was witnessing to. And all he was telling them was, get baptized in water and you're saved. And I said, it don't work that way. You can get into water and uh, a sinner and, and just into the water, you get wet and come out a wet sinner. Dry sinner, after you come out of water, you're still a wet sinner. And I kept telling him, this guy will not listen. He said, the, Paul said, he said, Peter said, uh, repent and be baptized, washing away your sins. And he says, is the, the water that washes away your sin. I said, I thought it was the blood. He said, yeah, the water takes you to the blood. I quoted, um, you know, we have this Roman road. I quoted uh, uh, Romans chapter 10. You know, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. He said, yeah, but baptism is included there. I said, but he doesn't say that. He says, young man, it's just because you don't know that. But baptism, he says, repent and be baptized, washing away your sins. That's what uh, Ananias told Paul. Why don't you arise and be baptized, washing away your sins? And I I showed him several scriptures. Nothing worked. I stopped, and then he'll start telling my friends, I'm telling you guys, come to our church and get baptized, and you'll become a Christian. I said, so it doesn't work that way. And he says, young man, he got really upset. Young man, you, you haven't been able to show me one scripture to prove your point. Not one scripture. I said, but I've been showing you several scriptures. Every scripture I show you, you turn it around and you inject baptism into it. He said, yeah, because they all have baptism. You can't show me one scripture. And it's like a light bulb went into, went up. I understood where I was going. He had no idea. And I was learning for the first time. Because he told me, what came to me? He told me, the water takes you to the blood. And I knew in new scripture. So I said to him, sir, so when the uh, uh, Israelites in Egypt, was like the same bondage we are to sin. He said, yeah. Just like they were in bondage to Pharaoh, Pharaoh type of Satan, and uh, Moses type of Jesus, and, 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 and brought them delivered. I said, wow, that's wonderful. That's great. I agree with you, sir. That's right. He didn't know where I was going. But I had, from, I knew everything. I was really smart. You know? <laughs> so I said, I said, uh, okay. So, and God delivered them from Egypt. He said, yeah. And then after they left Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea. I said, yes. And it says in uh, the New Testament that they were baptized unto Moses when they crossed the Red Sea. He said, yeah. And he would tell me, he would expand on it. With, as soon as I mentioned that word baptism in the Red Sea, he liked that. And he expanded into it. 
I mean, he expanded on it. And I said, okay, sir. You said uh, it's the baptism that takes you to the blood, right? So, which came first? The blood or the baptism? Did you get that? Because they actually saw the blood, right? Before they were delivered to go into the water or baptized. He said to me, I never thought about it that way. End of argument. He couldn't say another word. Couldn't. And I learned to, I can tell you now because God gave it to me that very day. But I knew, I didn't know that on that very day while I was talking to him. I know that was, I would have told him the first time. So rely on the Spirit of God. He'll give you. And usually when they are pressuring you to give an answer for your faith, Jesus said, don't even think about what to say. The Spirit of God, he will give you exactly what to say at that point. That's what happened. He's called the word of wisdom. You can expect it. Amen? That's the word of wisdom. Now let me go to the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is, is like God will show you something that you have no business knowing. And I'm going to show you what I know, the, some of the ways that you can know that this is the word of knowledge. One of the ways is you just know. You just don't know how you know. <laughs> the person stands before you and you know. You just know. And I've shared this before. Uh, Angela and I, we never met her. The girl that came to my room, she had what we call in Nigeria, spirit husband. But they told me she has a demon. I didn't know what nature. But as soon as she sat, I took one look at her, and I knew what the problem was. And I said, hey, I know what your problem is. She was like, you do? Because she hadn't said a word to me. And I described what the problem was and what was happening to her. Uh, I'm sure she thought I was a magician. No kidding. <laughs> But God just gives you, he gives you, and you have nothing to do with it. He just does that to you. So you just know. And the best thing to do is don't tell them the Lord said. Ask a question. Amen? I didn't say to her, the Lord just showed, the Lord just showed me this. No, I said, I think I, I, think I know what your problem is, okay? And I talked around it. And from that day on, Angela was there. She pursued. She was ready. She revealed everything. She was open. Because she knew I had no way of knowing what was happening to her. Do you see how powerful these gifts are? And they are available to us all the time. Every one of us. And I want us to desire these gifts so that we can be used of them. God can use us in this. So it frees you. You just know. He, then another way... He'll show you a vision. Some like a video kind of stuff. You see it. And it's brief and it's gone. You can be ministering to a person and he gives you like a little video in your head. And you say, maybe I ate uh, something. Maybe that hamburger wasn't good. <laughs> no. Act on it. Ask questions, Okay. He may show you just a little picture and you ask, uh, were, you, were you abused as a child? And the tears start flowing, okay? And all God did was show you a little bit of somebody hurting somebody and you don't know what it means. You ask a question. Make sense? You just ask a question and they'll get it. It's, for you, it doesn't make sense. You just ask a question. Do you know how ministers on television, you have saw them 
see them before on television, they'll say something like, uh, there's a person here, uh, maybe you're right to the right of your head, you're feeling, and they'll describe the headache or something. You've seen that on television? You know what was happening? God sometimes, with the word of knowledge, will let you experience what that person that's watching can, is experiencing. And so you can describe exactly what's happening to them. And as soon as it comes out of your mouth, it leaves. Your hand, I've been in a situation, your hand's hurting for no reason. And you're like, what happened? I mean, you're in church. That's the word of knowledge. It's for you to know. And you say, is anybody here with a hand that's hurting? Your right hand and the top and the twingles, maybe the tingles at the very end. And so you describe it, the tingles at the very end. And so the person says, that's me. And you say, God's healing you right now. They have a lot of faith. And guess what happens? The pain's gone. That's the word of knowledge. Some other way is, uh, for some people, they see things in writing. It's like a sentence, but it's just as it's written up, you just see, they'll see it. John Wimber was one of those type of people. He'll see his, his word of knowledge, words of knowledge come to him in writing. Uh, I told you the story of uh, he was in this uh, 747, and uh, he was sitting maybe first class. He was sitting near uh, by this executive, and uh, his the wife was sitting on the other side. And the man turned uh, towards him, and he said he saw on his forehead, written across his forehead, adultery. And then as that went off, the name of the woman. And he didn't say the Lord. He said, sir. And the guy was like, I don't know you. And he says, no. And he says, yeah. He says, what does this name mean to you? And he mentioned the name of the woman he's been having an affair with and his wife was sitting. The man said, I've got to talk to you. He says, come on. And they got up, and he said, how did you know that name? And he said, God told me. That's when you tell them. And you've been committing adultery. If you don't stop, God's going to kill you. They say, oh, please. I'll get saved, whatever you want. And afterwards, he, he knew he got him. He said, let's go down. Uh, 747, they, they went up. He says, let's go down. You got to tell your wife. He says, oh, no. You got to tell her what you've been doing. Okay. He wanted to be free. Why? Because this man had no way of knowing what was happening. That's how powerful the gift is. It's really not for you. It's to reach these people for God, to free them for Christ. But if we're not open to these gifts, we'll never even know that they exist. And most people in the church don't even know about this. Maybe maybe some of you here, you haven't ever heard something like this before. Maybe you have. But these gifts are available to us. I struggled for many years. God, please, what are these? Can you help me understand so at least I'll know if I have something? And then you test it out. You test it out. When something strange happens, remember, we prophesy in part, right? Yeah, it's always in part. We're learning, okay? So you learn, and, and then you get better. You start as a baby, and then you get stronger. 
But don't allow pride. Because that's going to stop it. Because now it's, I mean, I can do this. You make a lot of mistakes. And if you're not careful, you'll go to Jim Jones where. Oh, yes. You know he was an AG pastor? You know about that? Jim Jones. He was an AG Pentecostal pastor. And was doing very well with miracles and everything. And got in his head, went the other way, destroyed himself and destroyed a lot of lives. Humility is very important. It's not about you, it's about them. And let, we always have, you notice I'm going back to that constantly? Because this thing can make you think you are, you are something special. And if it gets in your head and you receive it, Satan's got you good. He's going to destroy you. So we must be very careful. But the gifts are available to us. So they can come in forms of writing. And they can just come with a word just speaking in your head. Maybe you're standing. Every time you go near somebody, you hear a word in your heart. That say, oh, they come up for prayer. And uh, you're hearing the word. Maybe adultery, adultery. You, you ask a question. Is, I keep getting this word, adultery kind of stuff. And then you ask the question. Um, and then they'll tell you exactly what's going on. They know you don't have an idea. It may be um, some kind of uh, drug use. You ask the question. Addiction, you ask the question. Whatever it is, whatever is coming into your head, you ask the question, what does this mean to you? And if they say nothing, then you just say, well, I guess I missed it. Go on to the next one. <laughs> okay? Go on to the next one, okay? It's just like Charles and Francis Hunter says, when you pray for the sick, don't stop there and stay there because one person hasn't been healed. Go to the next one. Keep going. And God will reveal himself. Amen? We never quit. So that's the word of knowledge. Now, that's what happened with Jesus, with the woman at the well. Notice, he never said, God said nothing. He just said, go call your husband. But he knew everything. Go call your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And notice he didn't rebuke her. He said, oh, okay, you... That, when you said that, you really spoke the truth. And she said, I perceive you are a prophet. Then we go down this road. But guess everything turned out for our salvation. And the salvation of the whole city. That's how powerful the word of knowledge can be. Discerning of spirit. Got time? Oh, my time is gone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't go further. Time is gone. But let me go further. Because pastor said, finally. That's what Paul says. Finally. And then he's another chapter. And then he says, finally again. Which was the finally? Pastors have that problem, you know. (laughs) Or preachers. But discerning of spirits, I'm just going to talk about what they say, is, you are around somebody that you are ministering to and they are telling you their problem, you can already sense there is a demon behind this. There is a demon behind this. And um, sometimes I can see, just, just by looking at them, I don't know, 
from their eyes, I can tell something is wrong. Just looking at their eyes, wow, something is wrong. And there's a demon behind it. Um, But God lets you know that. And even though they may be saying what is right, you still know there is a bad spirit behind this. And you discern it. Usually you feel kind of uncomfortable. Okay? You feel uncomfortable. Everything seems right. Maybe this person is quoting a lot of scriptures <laughs> but, and talking real spiritual, but then you're feeling like, I don't know if I want to be here. I want to get away from this person. Uh, wrong. <laughs> Especially if they're quoting scriptures and trying to talk to you, that's the time to run. If we can handle it, run. Because you are actually discerning the presence of an evil spirit. And... Um, that goes also with sickness. Sickness can be a demon behind it. And you know about the scriptures. Sometimes you are praying for them to be healed. And there's nothing happening because it's a demon that's behind the sickness. Uh, Jesus prayed for a person that was deaf and dumb. But it was a spirit. He cast out the spirit. They didn't pray for the healing. Cast out the spirit. And the person could, could hear and uh, speak as well. So we have to understand that. Now, you know the story in Acts chapter 16. Uh, Paul was in, I believe it was in Lystra. And there was a lady there uh, that was saying, these are the men. Let me read that scripture. From verse 16 through 18. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. I believe Paul knew about this later. The same followed Paul and us. Us means Luke, Barnabas, because Luke was already part of the, this uh, team at this point, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. What's wrong with that? They were servants of the Most High God, right? But she followed them, and it says, we show unto us the way of salvation. That's true, right? But it was a demon saying that. And then, and this did, did she many days. So Paul, she was doing it, and Paul, they just ignored and kept doing what they were doing. But somehow in Paul's spirit, he didn't like this. This was wrong. He knew there was a demon. And he said, being grieved, Paul being grieved, Turned and said to, to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit left. So he discerned what was going on. Today, I guess, if there's a young man, woman going around and say, Hey, the prophet of God, most men will say, Yeah, keep saying it. Tell them. Let them know that I'm a man of God. <laughs> but, but it was a demon that was speaking. And the end result is never good when it's a uh, demon behind it. So they discern the spirit, and we can also discern evil spirits when we are around people, or especially when they come to us for help, we can discern that there is a problem here, and it's a spiritual problem. It's not always that way, but sometimes the root of the problem is a demonic problem, especially when there is a generational problem. The demons carry on this generational thing. It's, it's like, it's not DNA, okay? It's a demon that is carrying it on. It's what we call familiar spirits from one generation to the other. 
and it continues that way. And you can break that and destroy the power of that demon and then cut that line, the curse, completely from that family and you can continue. But you have to recognize that you are dealing with a demonic spirit that is following a generational curse. That's the power behind the generational curse. You deal with it and the person is free. Amen? Stand up tonight. Thanks for letting me spend a little bit more time. <laughs> this works clear for everyone. So I'm going to ask you, it's going to be a time, if the number reduces, if the number, my wife's speaking to me from back there. <laughs> I expect all of us to be here. Believe me, just come so that God gives you the privilege to exercise the gift. He knows what we are talking about. He's aware. And when the time comes, he's there with us. And God will use you. And if you stay with it, you'll get stronger in the gift that he gives to you. Let's, let's uh, put our hands up, raise our hands before God and, and just thank him for the gifts. And let him know that the gifts, you believe all of the gifts are available to you. Even if you were just born again today, God wants to use you. He created you for a time like this. He wants to use you to minister to people wherever you go. God can use you in your place of work. God can give you discerning for you to be able to discern. There is a force behind this. And you can bring the whole family by just exercising the gift. Because not only that person, they see the freedom in the person... The, the person shares with the family and they all want God because they have seen the power of God in that life. Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you. You are such a wonderful God. Thank you because your word cannot return to you void. I thank you because you watch over your word to perform it. And Lord, your word cannot fall to the ground. I thank you because as we are speaking of these things, Lord, you are injecting faith into the lives of your people. And Lord, we will step out by faith, in faith, and you will use us in all of these gifts. We thank you, Father. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.